Hi everybody, welcome to Short Bounce On Demand webinar. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about CMMC. It's obviously had quite a lot of industry coverage recently and has been introduced as a mandatory security standard for contractors and suppliers into the Department of Defence. I thought it was important to uh, try and cover off a few of the basics, what it is, try and give you some advice and guidance as to what it might mean for you. I'm Craig Morse, I'm Sure Cloud's Risk Advisory Senior Director, so I look after our risk advisory practice and I'm joined by one of my consultants, Tim, who hopefully will give us a bit of a, a pragmatic view of, of what the CMMC means to you. So I guess to, to start off, Tim, let, let's cover a bit of what it is. You know, what, what is the CMMC? What's it there for? And really, what does it mean for organisations? Thanks, Craig. Yeah, all really good questions. As you say, good to good to cover the basics first. So, I mean, first of all, CMMC stands for Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, which is a bit of a mouthful, but essentially is a standard for implementing a consistent set of cyber maturity across a market. And it's important to know that this is exclusive to contractors and those that provide services to the Department of Defense in the US. So it's very much a US-focused regulation. Essentially, the main driver of this is to make sure that everyone's at a consistent maturity. At present, there's different levels of maturity in the market. And the concern is, is that when you're handing out sensitive information that, of course, DOD holds, that you have some assurance that it's being held in a secure way. In terms of what it's made up of, the current version, so CMC version one, uh, is a combination of NIST controls. So NIST is a, a commonly used cybersecurity framework, and there's also some CMMC-specific controls in there as well that we haven't seen necessarily in the wild, as it were. There's sort of five levels of maturity. So if you're an organization, depending on what services you provide, you'll need to adhere to those various levels. And there's also levels of self-assessment versus independent assessment to make sure that you're not just attesting something and that you're actually doing it in reality. So just to cover your other point, Craig, in terms of who it's applicable to, just to confirm that it's anyone that provides service to the DOD. Uh, this is around 300,000 present and mostly based out of the US, but there are obviously UK subcontractors that fall into that group as well. Yeah, that all makes sense, Tim. I guess from a simplicity perspective, it's there really to, to provide that assurance. But I mean, look, you know, having reviewed the controls, I mean, you, you said that it's obviously based off of NIST frameworks. I mean, are, are there anything in there where organisations are going to have to do things differently? Do you see this as more of a reaffirmation, I guess, of things that they're already doing in a in a structured format that, that provides that level of self or, or independent attestation into the DOD? Yeah, great question. I mean, totally dependent on the level of maturity of the organization. So have you been performing a cybersecurity assessment against NIST previously, or you have a third party do that for you? The chances are you'll be majorly compliant against the majority of that, if not all of it, with the addition of the CMMC specific controls. If you're an organization that doesn't have a high level of cyber maturity, now typically in the market, we've seen that universities tend to provide a lot of specialist services to the DOD. You might not necessarily have that level of maturity. And when you do, you wouldn't want to potentially publicize that as well. So that's really something that it really depends on where you sit on the scale of your cyber maturity in terms of the level of effort that would be needed to be required to meet that level. Yeah, okay. So again, thinking uh, a lot of the questions that I've probably seen going around it is, is this kind of minimum level of assurance. So I mean, it, it seems very much like an organization on the very small scale through to, you know, larger, you know, up to enterprise size organizations, they're all going to have to adhere to the same framework. So is that really where the maturity levels come in, in, in being able to 
you know, identify what's appropriate for the service that's being delivered? Or, you know, is everybody going to have to meet every control? What What's your view on, on kind of how this is going to affect people? Thankfully, it's, it's definitely not one size fits all. What we've seen with other regulations, such as the SWIFT CSP and the CAA Assure Scheme, is, is definitely different from that. In the version one, there's currently five levels. And depending on the service you provide, you need to be on one of those five levels. We've got a separate webinar coming on CMMC 2.0, which was released in November, where they've actually looked at decreasing those levels down to three, just to simplify the scheme a little bit. But we'll touch on that on the next webcast. But to answer your question, Craig, it's not one size fits all. There are sort of new between what services you provide and the level of assurance that you'll need to get across those three levels. Okay, I think that makes a bit more sense for organisations that this is being sent out to, you know, that that, that one size fits all doesn't really sort of fit. But from, from your experience then, you know, looking at when this comes into effect, you know, what, what ultimately are some of the things that organisations are going to have to look at that potentially they're not doing already? From an organization point of view, it's how the data is being consumed from that third party. So in this case, the DOD, you know, what's happening with that information? Is it being sent by email? Is that email unencrypted? How is the data being stored internally? Who has access to it? Are those file share locations being recertified properly? It's all those really good hygiene pieces that should be considered as a, as a bare minimum. But when you're dealing with the severity of the data that you're being provided with, you just have a bit more comfort over what's being done to protect it. So that would be one key element. The other one is obviously your wider cyber hygiene. So just because you've got good access reviews on the data you're being stored doesn't mean you're bulletproof to someone potentially coming in and taking that data. So then you've got your other controls that are based in this framework, such as security awareness, you know, your phishing training, things like that, trying to reduce the exposure that the organization has to those types of attacks. So whilst this looks like a, a kind of mandatory security standard, a lot of these things should be fairly basic security controls that are in place within an organisation. I guess some of the quick wins then for organisations who don't necessarily have the level of maturity or, or haven't been exposed to this kind of standard before, it's about doing the basics right and about making sure that they've got a good understanding of the service they provide into the DOD and what information they need in order to provide that service and then ultimately how they manage the life cycle of that. So I think the CMMC sounds sensible. I think it, it drives that minimum level of assurance in terms of what's needed. I, I think you know, you, you've been quite clear in what different organisations should expect alongside those different levels. I mean, are there any targets for particular organisations to achieve? Should they be achieving a minimum of a, a level two or a minimum of a level four? How do you think those are going to be used? Or, or is that purely a risk-based decision based on the service they provide? You know, is the DOD going to set that expectation with the supplier? So, yeah, exactly to your last point, Craig. So based on the RFP that the supplier will be replying to, there'll be a, a tier in terms of what level you need to apply to provide the service to the DOD. And it's very much dictated from the top. So unfortunately, if you only have a basic level of maturity, you won't be able to bid for those contracts that do have a level five maturity rating where in terms of how it's rating, it's advanced slash progressive is the word that they use to describe that compared to level one where it's just basic cyber hygiene. So you might have your cyber essentials, for example, but maybe don't have a, a working ISMS. So how do you potentially see that affecting the supply chain into the DOD then if, you know, potentially suppliers that were able to provide services before that can now no longer do that? You know, is there a potential risk from the DOD's perspective in you know, discounting suppliers from being able to bid for things through this? 
Most definitely. And I, I, I hope this is a real risk that they've considered that you'll have these niche players that simply don't have the, the resource to make sure they're compliant, to perform the self-assessments and ultimately manage these controls to make sure that they're designed and operating effectively. That's a big task. If you don't have a, an internal information security team or IT team, you're really going to struggle to tick some of these boxes. For example, if you don't have an internal audit function, it's been very difficult to get any independent assurance internally that you're actually doing these things as well. So to go back to your question, the answer is yes. You know, in terms of niche players, your startups aren't going to have. They, while they might have the best solution for the DoD, they're not going to have the manpower, or if we're being honest, the patience to go through and make sure they've got all these security controls that might be, you know, quite verbose in terms of how they're implemented. When they, you know, a startup culture is sort of learn fast, fail fast. That's really going to be the opposite of what they want to achieve. So that is, it's definitely going to be a, a contributing factor to who can apply for what. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And, and I, I think the CMMC is the right thing to do. It, it brings in that kind of gradable level of maturity that, that should help to provide a, a better level of assurance of managing information as part of these services that are provided to the DOD. But you know, as with any standard, it, it comes with risks of you know, suppliers not being able to meet that standard or you know, indeed how it's going to be enforced as well. I mean, has, has there been any discussion around how it's going to be enforced? You know, how how are uh, those levels going to be monitored over a period of time? You know, are they going to be a one-stop shop? Are they done purely at onboarding and due diligence? I mean, what what's the view of the industry from, from kind of how this will be managed? So largely yet to be undefined. In CMMC version one, there is a, initially was meant to go into place in sort of June 2020. However, there was a large public consultation where they received 850 public responses. And a lot of those were around the practicalities of how are we going to self-assess 300,000 suppliers on a frequent basis to make sure that they can provide service to the DoD. And you know, while we don't have access to the full information, I imagine the output was that's a very unrealistic task. And as you said, Craig, you know, the idea of doing it once while is a good start, you do need some level of revalidation like we see with, for example, 27,001 compliance. You do need to go back and make sure you've still got it after a set period of time. So I think that's still being fleshed out. And again, in the, the next webinar that we're doing, they have sort of loosened some of the language around that and whether everyone needs to be self-assessed all the time or whether you can potentially do that in-house as well. I think, you know, to summarise it then, so that the CMMC is there really to provide a, a level of security assurance for services that are provided into the DOD, and it will ultimately affect everybody, you know, whether an organisation is, is US-based or, you know, has subsidiaries in the UK as well, they're going to have to demonstrate some level of security maturity in order to get there. I think there's obviously still some questions to answer as to how it's going to affect different suppliers based on the things that they're obviously supplying and, and looking at the sort of mandatory requirements that they're now going to have to fulfill in order to get there. But I mean, looking at the some of the topic areas that you pulled out that, that were kind of based around the NIST framework, you know, a lot of these things, hopefully organisations will be doing already, at least at a basic level, you know, and, and will potentially just need to work out how they're going to demonstrate that to the DOD as part of this process. So I guess looking forwards, then you, you mentioned a couple of times around our, our next um, kind of webinar, looking very much at more of the practicalities um, of how this is applied. I guess looking forwards at, at how those things happen, hopefully we'll be able to answer a few more questions about the, the kind of impact on the organisation, how they're going to manage those things and really what their priorities and targets should be in order to continue providing services into the DOD as well. 
I guess just to conclude then, you know, thank, thanks for your time. If you do have any questions for us or if uh, you, you want to learn more about the CMMC, um, please do get in touch either with Tim or myself directly or via our social channels. Otherwise, thanks for your time and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.